Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and culture. I'm Aaron Smith. And I am James Allen Hall. For those uh, listening for the first time, uh, we do this show in segments. We do literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do. We interview. We shade. We laugh. And we are not for everyone. Hey, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who dropped the oh. Amber or the Thiessen. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, Zach Efron, who dropped Ooh. his panties. <laughs> and balked up. He like got all big. Little Did ster- he? A little steroidy. I, I don't. I don't really follow straight society. <laughs> oh, let's put it this way: When I saw his most recent picture, thank God I was sitting on a towel. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's game day. My boyfriend's mm-hmm. downstairs watching football, and, and we're not. <laughs> and we're not. But no. we are excited to share a game with. David Trinidad has two games, one with Blondie and one with a Plath knockout. And if you know David, this is really hard. And Ah. David is the author of Digging to Wonderland. You can listen to previous shows to learn more about him if you miss them. And Denise Duhamel is the author most recently of Second Story from the University of Pittsburgh Press. And her game is Queen for a Day, which takes its title from one of her books and asks her to do superlatives. And she gets to know what it's like to be us every day. (laughs) (laughs) We're only us every day because Denise Duhamel was born. Yes. And and also they're big fans of each other. So which is so sweet to put them in conversation. Kind of. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, They were married once, I think. And it was a bad custody fight. But now I think that they're okay. Oh, it was all over Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. That's a joke. (laughs) Anyway, we will see. You in the fact. Oh my god, I almost passed out. (laughs) Why? I really did. Like, reality slid sideways. (laughs) Now you're just rubbing it in. (laughs) I love it. I love a head rush. I do. I love them. I love it rubbed in. All right. Bye. Bye. We can leave that. So, David, when I was reading the poem Bobby, I saw how you talked about listening to the bands from like the 60s and 70s. And I texted you and I'm like, what's your favorite band from the 70s, your rock band? And you wrote back and said, does Blondie count? And I said, absolutely. So I was being sneaky and I was trying to come up with a literary game based on Blondie song titles. Oh my God. So I'm going to read a song title to you and turn it into a question and you're going to answer and you'll, you'll see in a second what I mean. Say, here's an example. So call me. Who's a poet that you would always take a call from and it could be living or dead. So, but you also can't repeat your answers. So don't don't lead with Plath. You might regret it. Okay. (laughs) By the way, I'm just a little jealous that you get to play this game. I love (laughs) Debbie Harry. So I'm going to start with like an easy one. So, okay. Okay. All right. So here's an easy one. Their song fun. What's a poet that you think is just so fun. You love their work or, or yeah, you just love the poet. Elaine Equi. 
Excellent. We did a whole show, um, Elaine Equi or Elaine from Seinfeld. So we're fans as well. Okay. The next one, the tide is high. What is a poem that overwhelms you? However you want to define being overwhelmed. Poem that overwhelms me. Or poet or poet. Oh. In general. Like Frank O'Hara's Second Avenue. Yeah. I, I say that just because it's a poem I I've oft I've many times tried to like. Mm-hmm. But it it it's almost like getting hit by a big tidal wave, you know, okay. and yeah, it knocks you over and yeah, I just find it overwhelming and hard to um, connect with. So Blondie's song, I Want to Drag You Around. So it, it, you could actually like answer it like, I just like to drag you around because I'm sick of you. Or what's a book or a poet that you always want to carry with you mm-hmm. that if you had to take it with you, I want to drag you around. Um, like a book I wouldn't want to be without. Yeah. Almost, you know, um, well, I'm just going to say one I, I recently finished reading, which was the pillow book of, of say, Shonagon. And mm. if that's how you say her name. Um, I just love that book. And I thought I, I just always want this nearby, you know, to reach for. The uh, next one, this will be this is the one you can decide if you want to go shady or not. We love shade, but we also okay. respect our guest boundaries. Will anything happen? Do you ever read a poem where you're like, is anything ever going to happen in this poem? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Um, well, um, I guess because I can't, I find him impossible to read. I guess I would say um, Zukovsky. Because mm. And part of the reason is it feels like nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, that I can grab at or hold on to or um, experience maybe yeah. because it's, it's, it feels too intellectualized, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but then there are a lot of poets who could fit that bill. So <laughs> I don't mean oh. to pick on or dead Zukovsky. And, uh, he's going to write an angry letter. I can just see it. <laughs> well, You'll that's get- all he did. I think. <laughs> so this is, I think an easier one. Living in the real world, which poets just so ground in the real world, you feel like their poems just grapple with like the reality of of living and being in the world. Well, I guess you know the a poet I love, James Schuyler, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I get that from his poems, uh, a real sense of of him in the world and and um, drawing me into that world. Heart of glass. Who's the poet whose work shatters you? I mean, I, part of me wants to say Anne Sexton, but she could probably be any number of these, right? Yeah. Answer mm. for any number I think that's a great answer, though. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking, too, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she had that great quote. I, I forget who said it, but, you know, a book should act as the axe that um, shatters the, the frozen sea in us. It's, it's mm-hmm. a quote she used in one of her books. And... Um, so when you say, I think you said shattered, right? Mm-hmm. Heart of glass. And part of that, I mean, I think now, I mean, having loved and read her my entire life, um, I feel like part of what I find shattering is her um, her inability to transcend her um, 
her atheism, mm. right? And so, um, and I recently found a line in, in, in one of her books. Um, the quote is, it's just one sentence from 1963. This loneliness is just an exile from God. Mm. And I, I read that. I thought that's Sexton. Yeah, that's that's her in a nutshell. And this is all in the poems. Mm -hmm. She so much wanted to believe in God and couldn't. Mm -hmm. So um, it was kind of an, a lifelong torment for her. Yeah. Um, that she didn't have any, I guess, spiritual belief. Right. Yeah. Um, so but, but and that's not uncommon with the poets of her generation of that time either. You know, a lot of poets, those poets struggled with 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 that. So the final one I have, I mean, who's a poet that you think died young, stayed pretty? Plath. Plath. I, guess yeah. I mean, I, I would feel um, like it's a betrayal. It would be a betrayal to pick someone else. Mm -hmm. you know? um, Death has perfected her. This is um, the Plath out. The Sylvia Plath poem knockout game. So okay. I'll supply the titles of two poems by our Supreme Scorpio, Sylvia Plath, and you tell me which one you think is the better poem or the one you prefer today in this moment. Tomorrow, okay. it would be a different choice, maybe. Okay. So then that poem will survive to face another and so on. Oh, how okay. cool. This is, mm -hmm. You guys are great with these games. Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you don't hate me. And they're very much about we we always say they're very much about the present moment. Like tomorrow, it could all be different. So don't that's you're right. not locked right. in. That's sure, ever. sure. And it, we know that's true. Yeah. And it was very hard to pick. I picked. I think there's 15 titles. It was really, okay. really difficult to pick just 15 Sylvia Plath poems. But this is like um, a competition, right? That you narrow it down. To, yeah. yeah, that's right. All right. So so yeah. All right. Let's start with the first one. Um, November Graveyard or Poppies in October? Poppies in October. All right. Poppies in October or The Rabbit Catcher? Poppies in October. All right. Poppies <laughs> in October or The Applicant? The Applicant. The Applicant or Crossing the Water? <sighs> they just get harder. That's getting hard. <laughs> yeah. I... Crossing the water. All right. Crossing the water or Lady Lazarus? Crossing the water. That is going to be the most controversial thing you've ever said, David <laughs> Trinidad. Crossing the water or blackberrying? Oh, that's a hard one. Crossing the water. Okay. Crossing the water or tulips? Tulips. Uh, you were going to be dead to me if you didn't choose tulips <laughs> at, that, at that time. I love that poem. All right. Tulips or Death and Co. Tulips. Tulips or The Couriers. Tulips. Tulips or The Colossus. Tulips. Wow. Tulips or Daddy. Tulips. Tulips or Electra on Azalea Path. Tulips. <laughs> wow. Tulips is doing pretty good. <laughs> tulips or the babysitters? 
the you really got me with that one because I'm obsessed with the baby uh, the babysitters. I love me that. too. <laughs> I want to write an essay about that poem actually because I I I know so much of the backstory to that poem. There's so much supplemental um, writing about that the, that experience. So you know, did you? Ch- did you yeah, choose? He chose the I chose. I chose the babysitters. Shameless. All right. All right. Tulips has gone down in flames. Um, all right. So this is the last one. The babysitters or the beekeeper's daughter? Babysitters. All right. Babysitters no, survived the winter right. of your year. This is right. Because that's one of my favorite poems at the moment by her. And I'm fascinated by that poem. And um, I mean, Tulips sort of ran. Yeah. That was a hard choice, but um, I feel you made the right one. I have to tell you. <laughs> but in terms of memory, looking back, she's looking back ten years on this youth, more youthful experience, and um, that's definitely part of what um, appeals to me about the poem. You know that everything look back. has happened. Yeah. Yeah. I love that as an end. Um, and that's one of my favorite Sylvia Plath poems too. Did I not include one of your absolute faves that you'd want to disclose? Winter Trees. Mm. That's one. That's been one of my favorite uh, favorites these last couple years. There's something about yeah the, the it just seems like such a pure expression of despair and kind of hopelessness, um, but beautiful. Yeah. Mm. And that's one of the reasons I like crossing the water so much too, is it's, it's imagistic and it's brief and it, but it's so evocative and mysterious. My entry point into your work was when uh, queen for a day came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course I went back. I was like, this is fucking fabulous. I want all of them. Uh, so I, I have a game called superlatives. So these are sort of based on like superlatives that are handed out at like high school prom, (laughs) but like the literary version of that. So like queen for a day, right? Um, So who would be most likely to write an amazing poem about the moon? Dorian Lux. Yeah, right? Dorian, yeah, Dorian Lux. Mm -hmm. And who would be most likely to write about their one hot gay experience without declaring how freaking straight they are? I'd say Terrence Hayes at Pegasus. Yeah. Who would win the award for most fabulous reader? Wow. What's a, who gives a great reading? Um, I, I'll say Patricia Smith. She yep. rocks it out of the park. I read with her and it was like, whoa. I remember seeing you read with her at the Miami Book Festival. That's wasn't she? That's right, and Marie Howe too. She, and Marie Patricia Howe. was like so because I think she um, has that um, the best of slam, by which I mean not slam, you know, performance like just brings it, brings the heat, and I think she's an amazing reader. Hundred percent. Yeah, my boyfriend was with me at that reading, and he was like oh. blown away. He loves. I mean, he loved that reading. Ah. Uh. Um, who would get most changed since freshman year? What poet has changed the most oh. from their first book till now? It can, can go in either direction. 
Yeah, yeah. it sure <laughs> can. You don't have to tell us. We love that. Yeah, Jerry Graham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Who's the cutest couple in poetry? Oh, my God. Um, it can be collaborators, too. Oh, yeah. They don't totally. have to be. They don't doesn't have, to, have be to be romantic. Dave. Doesn't have to be. Linked. What's his name? Bill Logan and Ann Debra Gregor. Yeah, I'm gonna say Bill and Debra. <laughs> That's hot. Cowboy and Morticia. <laughs> I mean, I know I already mentioned her, but I think Dorian Lux and Joe Millar are really cute together, and they like like carry each other's shit. Like they're just like I got the door. No, I got the door. And there's something about them they're really adorable. Mm-hmm. Cool. Who's best in form? Ooh, that's a hard one. I'm going to go with my friend, Maureen Seaton. All right. She's like really quite up for anything. That's extraordinary. Furious cooking is foundational for me too. Oh my goodness. I think, I think I told James in our other episode, maybe one of the first ones we're going to release that LA dream number two is maybe one of the most one of the most daring poems in contemporary American poetry. I can't, I can't, it just gives me chills. Yeah. It's so that whole book, I go, I carried around still 95. Who's mo- who would win most academic? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a- so many of those, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Who's oh a poet that goodness. like really is loved by the Academy or like Carl Phillips, in- right? Carl Phillips. Great. Uh, most likely to brighten your day. Most likely to brighten my day. Yeah, who do you turn to when you need a, a pick-me-up? Oh, David Trinidad. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Um, most likely to make a hit documentary or become president. You can choose either the documentary or the president. Mm. Whoa. I think Eileen Miles. I think they would make a fabulous president. And they ran, didn't they? And they the ran president. in 1992. Yeah. I would pick um, fabulous documentary. Hmm, that's a hard one. Maybe Eileen Miles about Maybe, their yeah, Eileen about Miles their presidency. Yeah. yeah, about their presidency <laughs> run. Yeah, that's Perfect. amazing. I'll go with both. Yeah. Okay. Uh, most likely to sleep with your boyfriend. Ooh, <gasps> Ooh that's nasty. Mm-hmm. This is a hard one because I mm-hmm. I think of I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I gave that answer when we played Sherapy. I gave the answer. I, uh, I also have another one, but that yeah. you can beat too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Everyone says that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Last one. <laughs> I, I might have one to add to you after, oh, James. Please. Oh, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Superlative, yeah. Um, oh, 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 no, like, like I want to ask you one. Yeah. Yeah, who's, who's the other slutty one? The Us, one. James and me. James and me. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Crown it. Um, exactly. Who would win Class Clown? Who's like the funniest Ooh. poet you know? Mm. Okay. Oh, there's so many. Um, Barbara Hamby. She makes me laugh. Love it. We love yeah. her. She makes me laugh a lot. We I mean, I, I don't want to say she's only jokey, but when she's no. sometimes I just. Yeah, she's I remember fabulous. she's put in a poem once, like how she had these stepkids who like used to yell at her 
uh, you're not my real mom. And she yelled back. And I don't want to be. I love it. <laughs> I love the it. First book. I love it. And maybe I remember she that. only thought it. Maybe she only thought. I love that first book She's so, so much. She's yeah. really, really good. Who is most likely to get arrested? Oh. I mean, not anymore, but you never know. Okay. And then the last one I think is just kind of fun and you can't repeat answers. So it'll get a little bit more dish. Who's most likely to get caught giving head to a football player under the bleachers. <laughs> James. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the bag check. How are you? Have you, gonna- have you checked everything? I'm ready to dump the purse out right now. Oh, I bet um, you are. Yeah. Shake the change loose and empty the wicker. It's, it's funny you bring up checking. I'm so OCD right now. It's like, yes, I've been checking everything. <laughs> it's so, so much anxiety right now. Like, wow. Girl, yeah, sure. You're checking everything. I got a colonoscopy on my birthday. So, uh, oh, I, how did it go? I mean, best 20 minutes of, uh, of being unconscious that I've had all year, I guess. Well, the first one, you this is your second because the first one didn't yeah, take. That's true. The <laughs> first one didn't take. I know because the nurse told me I could eat. You cannot eat miso soup. You cannot have miso soup. Before. But the nurse said you could. The nurse said I could. Mm, she yeah. sabotaged you. She's like faggot. She's like homophobe. Yeah, it's like little um, did she know I wanted to get roto rootered by that guy again. Miso He's so soup. cute. Miso soup is homophobic. <laughs> Colonoscopies are homophobic. Your doctor's homophobic. The way you're laughing right now, homophobic. Oh my gosh, the my my anesthesiologist and my my gastroenterologist are homophobic. They're so cute. (laughs) They don't look at you. Medical professionals in their photos never Mm. look cute. What is that about? I know. And then they then they get there. You're like, oh, (laughs) oh, thank God I'm sitting on a pee pad. (laughs) in my hospital bed in my thank god this gown doesn't close in the back oh my god everyone should see how you're like crying right now it gives me life and when that happens all i want to do is say something funnier to make you laugh even more like we both do that it's like we're encouraging each other like the yeah. more you laugh the more i want to just like pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it's like oh you had one stickers here's another yeah, it's like w- you leaving those fucking gumballs at my fucking house <laughs> i don't know what she's talking about so um she's have i thrown them away have i thrown them away no i have not have i had i haven't had one either i've i ate so many of my jaw finally hurt <laughs> Amateur. I felt like it was Fleet Week all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, not Fleet Week. Yeah, yeah. Um, Girl, you put the flea in Fleet Week. Shout out to a special listener who says every week is Fleet Week. <laughs> and know her, who you are. Oh, <laughs> uh, she knows who she is. Okay. Okay. So should, should we get facty? We should. We should get facty. Yes. So, um. Say Shonigan's actual given name is not known. I didn't know that. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, she was a Japanese author, poet, and a court lady who served an empress around the year 1000. Hmm. Anne Sexton uses two epigraphs to open all my pretty ones. I almost said all my pretty horses. 
It's like my pretty, pretty horse. They shoot pretty horses, don't they? And Sexton McCarthy, Cormac McCarthy. One is from Macbeth. And Mm -hmm. the one that David remembers is the second one. It is a selection from a letter Kafka wrote. And it says, the books we need are the kind that act up on us like a misfortune, that make us suffer like the death of someone we love more than ourselves, that make us feel as though we were on the verge of suicide or lost in a forest remote from all human habitation. A book should serve as the axe for the frozen sea within us. It's so beautiful. I can't believe he just remembered that off the top. Of course he did. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I make a reference to Sylvia Plath's poem, Edge, which starts off, the woman is perfected. Her dead body wears the smile of accomplishment. And if you want to read the whole poem, just hit the show notes. And Denise mentions that Eileen Miles ran for president. We said it was 92, but it was actually 1990. They put forth their name as a write-in candidate and campaigned on college campuses and on MTV. And that's all the homo facts, ma'am. Hey, everyone. If you like today's breaking form, please go to the Apple Store and review us with five stars. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Breaking Form Pod, and be sure to check the show notes for references. And remember, we're not for everyone. <laughs> That's a great one. <laughs>